Is it possible that we have been preaching the false gospel all along? We are seeing the countless reports from Fox News and other publications about American churches closing faster than the new ones can open. What is happening to our churches in America? Right now, there is a fear spreading among believers, parishioners, churchgoers, laymen, about what is going to happen to the church. Is my church coming under attack? And we're even seeing fear from those you know, people, who are people long lab, professing uh, label you a Christian rapper. They do. You're okay with that? I mean, you know, they label Chance a Christian rapper. They, True. They label Kendrick, a Hebrew Israelite rapper now. I don't <laughs> right, know. Right, yeah. right, it's right, just right. like, you know, man, I mean, people going to say what they're going to say. End of the day, it's, it's good music. It's good lyrics. You can That's find right. whatever you're looking for inside of it. And um, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't call myself that. I don't go by any of those, like, you know, genre titles sure. or whatever. You're a musician. Yeah. You're an artist. Absolutely. You have a writer? Nah, I just mean. Is it possible that the Lord is just right now course correcting the history of the gospel we've preached? And there is sort of a thinning of the herd where the true church is what remains after the truth of the gospel is spreading. Today we discuss what is the gospel? Can we accurately define what the scripture says the gospel really is? And let's compare it to what we have seen in the past. Stay tuned. All right, all right. God bless you. Good evening. Um, we are live again, and we are here to talk about a very, very important topic. And, um, and with that being said, we're still getting used to this new software setup. So forgive us if we're talking when videos are playing because that's broadcasting. And uh, <laughs> and and we're still getting used to this uh, rig and this setup. But um, again, I have my brothers in Christ and contributors, Josh, Matias, Isaac, Sepulveda, and of course myself, Carlos de Jesus. Um, and I am excited to be talking about uh, what I believe has been hurting the church in the last 15 years, which is this modern gospel. And so one of the things that um, I kind of want to get off my chest and, and I, I really want to get um, some feedback from you all. How was your Sunday? Before we get into any of that, how was your Sunday? Uh, how did you worship God? What, how, how did it impact you? And talk, a, you know, tell us a little bit about your churches and what you kind of took away from it. Yeah, so um, on Sunday, we actually had a great service. I go to a, a Baptist church here in Pembroke Pines, um, and we had a guest speaker come in uh, who is um, actually preparing us to do a prayer walk by the abortion clinics. Uh, every So we're, we're, our church is a shelter, right, where we nice. provide aid and help to people who are seeking to get abortions, and obviously we speak the gospel to them, and then we try to show them a better way, a more biblical way. Um, and we provide counseling and all That's of that. Beautiful. So, yeah, we did a walk for life. Um, you know, uh, this Sunday we're actually preparing a fellowship, like luncheon afterwards. So it's a it's a beautiful thing. You know, we're currently going through the book of Ephesians, finishing that up. And uh, I've been in this church uh, about a year now, a little less than a year. And um, I'm just really enjoying it. You know, God is good. God is being glorified. Uh, we have a men's study where we're currently going through uh, the life of uh, of Joseph, so very exciting. Awesome, awesome. What'd you have going on, Josh? 
just the same with with spend you know usually sunday is my my day to hang out with the wife you know in church was nice we're, we're going through the book of john uh the pastor was talking about worship you know he he was using uh mary how she worshiped jesus with her hair uh, with the perfume where she gave uh that, that was a very expensive perfume and she was probably saving that for a special day uh through her whole life and you know when you find the person that is worth worth it you know like jesus was you know she just gave it her all so beautiful. it was it was a beautiful message you know just saying how jesus is worth more than money more than time more than our own lives amen amen awesome i was gonna just ask and you also josh have a, a homeless ministry right you've been feeding the homeless for years in downtown miami that, that's pretty awesome yeah, we actually started uh, Ben. I just found the, the video the other day with Ben. Uh, it was the first time we ever fed the homeless, and Ben went with us. And it was, I think it was six, seven years ago. Uh, I got to look for it again and, and show it to yeah. Ben. For those was, of you who don't know, Ben is Carlos nice. de Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we use the interchange. That's my middle name. Yes. Ben is, is him over here on this, no, on this side. No, no, yeah. yeah. Right there. <laughs> That would have been cool if I would have put a pencil coming in that way when you did that. That would have been awesome. So, hey, Josh, what, what, um, uh, what is the name of your church again, and where is it located? It's called Elevate, Elevate Church. It's a, it's a Baptist church also, like Isaac. Okay. And it's, it's in, in Miami uh, Lakes. It's Miami in Miami Lakes. Lakes. It's really close to my house. Cool. Okay. Awesome. So if anybody wants in the Miami Lakes area and wants to hang out and go to church with Josh, uh, check him out and reach out to him and is there a way for people to reach out to you josh uh you guys go i don't know i have instagram i have facebook it's i go as josh pork sandwich on those platforms or facebook josue matias uh, you could reach me through there also absolutely if you have something to contribute if you want to help feed the homeless if you have resources that you want to give um, if you have food, if you sell any way you want to contribute to that, reach out to Josh and be a part of something that's um, fantastic, a fantastic ministry that you get involved with. Isaac, is there a, a way of someone to reach you in case they, you know, they're in the Pembroke Pines area and want a church to go to? Yeah, absolutely. You can reach me on Facebook, Isaac116. Uh, Instagram is the same handle, Isaac116. Uh, awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, you know, my weekend was uh, eventful. We're, so we're, we're fostering two kids and, and I'm learning, um, you know, it was the first time trying to learn to be a parent. And so uh, pretty late in age to learn how to do that. So uh, it's, it's been uh, in some instances a disaster in other areas. Um, not so I'm still adjusting and realizing that um, you don't have the free time that you spent the first 30 years of your life, you know, being so self-centered with your time, um, you, you really don't have that anymore. So, uh, so I'm learning how to change diapers and, uh, and feed and puree food and, um, wow. and prep for the, <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff, making bottles and burping. And I, I had, uh, my first diarrhea explosion diaper change that I, you know, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, so it's, it's just been a wild ride. But uh, your prayers would be um, uh, appreciated. A shout out to Real Life Texas. That's um, right now our home church. And um, and so uh, very, very happy with the, the form of discipleship that they've been given and uh, prayers to them. I know that they're um, looking at purchasing a new building now uh, due to the growth and uh, hopefully God continues to bless the church.
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's open up in prayer. We'll get started with today's subject. Lord, we just thank you for today. We pray that you illuminate the eyes of our understanding and those listening. And Lord, we just ask that you renew our minds and consider just some of the impact uh, of the topic we're talking about. Bless everyone. And if there's someone listening today that does not know you as Messiah, if they do not know you as their Savior, I pray, Lord, that the word convicts them and they hear the gospel and they turn to you and they give their life to you. We thank you for everything in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we... um. So we've been taught. We, we 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 saw the video. We were talking about just the modern gospel, where where it's been. What you know, I'm looking. I'm thinking in back of my head, Josh. We've had history. Isaac, you and I have history going way back. Um, you know, the modern gospel has been inching its way through our lives in the last 15 years, um, and I just kind of want us to revisit um, this modern gospel. If you can identify when it started for you. If you you can look back and say, what are some of those things you saw that now in present mind, we're like, oh man, this we shouldn't have done that. Or, oh man, like I participated in that. Or, uh, you know, what are some of the things, the signs that, man, we should have seen um, coming 15 years ago that slowly started to erode what I think is the current condition of the church. Um, so I'll leave that open. Well, whoever wants to go first, well, what, what do you remember? Man, yeah, it was, it was uh, to me, it was different mm-hmm. because uh, we, we, well, all three of us come from your father's church. And your father, especially, you know, he was always preaching the word. You know, he's a, an amazing teacher. And he, he, you know, he would just preach with a, with a board and he'll give us a teaching. And when I would go from his church after being there for 20 years, uh, we go, I go, we go to a different church. Uh, not only the church was in Spanish, now we go to an English speaking church. And the things were different, man. I started hearing a lot of terms that I've never heard before, you know. So it was, it was a shock, man. And I, I've, I've speak to your father and I ask him, how come you never taught? about some of these things and he says no man i just teach the word of god you know i'm not gonna be uh, teaching against other people and stuff like that so it was it was shocking man uh, I, I was you know i was a youth pastor early on uh with you with ben together we we grew that youth group you know it was i don't know like like four or five teens to over a hundred and it was it was a beautiful time man uh you know i was young I, honestly uh, i look back and and i was i was bold you know and, and i had that zeal for god i just wanted to learn and i used to go through your dad's sermons and you know try to get classes and and it was it was a beautiful time man uh it was you know I, i'm rough i'm rough around the edges you guys know it uh, I was always getting kids telling me I offended them somehow. So, you know, it, it's it's still rough. I still do it. But, you know, I, I'm learning a little bit. Amen. And, and it's it's just, you know, it's 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 been a long it's been a long journey, you know. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think um it's interesting because all three of us have we've all served together at one time. Uh we've all been youth pastors at one time. Uh, Carlos and I have been pastors, or you still are a pastor by God's grace, and it's uh, it's a beautiful thing, you know. When we talk about the modern gospel and 
the changes it's made in the last 15 years, it's, you know, we're looking at it from a, the scope of our own lives, right? I mean, I'm going to be 40 years old. Uh, you're a little older than I. Both of you guys are a little older than I. Uh, but, I mean, there's always been deviation, just a little bit. There's always been deviations to to the gospel. But, you know, uh, I was fortunate, like Josh said, you know, we I, I was saved in your father's church. Um, you know, I was taught the word in your father's church. I was taught hermeneutics and, and exegesis in your father's church very early on. Uh, so I didn't have time to go through a baby Christian stage. It was like, okay, now here's the meat and potatoes. Um, but, you know, speaking of when we began to see the shift, I, I'll, I'll never forget um, when I first got my, when I first became a part of the church and we were looking to grow the church. And then I, and then I picked up the book, The Purpose Driven Church. There's not a knock on Rick Warren. I think that is just my personal experience. I picked up that book, you know, and, and I began to see um, I, I think that that is, that is for me, the beginning. And, and I began to see right now compared to where we currently are. I think that that was like the precipice of, of this modern movement, you know, um, the purpose driven church. And, you know, even when you read the book, it was kind of like, okay, guys, this is what you should do. Mail out a bunch of flyers and ask everybody in your neighborhood what they would like to see on a Sunday and then do that, you know? Uh, and at the time, I'm a young 20-year-old. I'm thinking, yeah, baby, let's go to the post office. Let's go get some addresses. Let's mail it out, find out what people want to hear. And um, I think hindsight's always 2020. And I think that's why we find ourselves where we find ourselves today. But I'm yeah. sure we'll jump into that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I would. I agree with that 100%. I think, um, I think the seeker-sensitive movement, um, how it's – I think the intention was well. I think, you know, uh, you know, I don't think all heresy has a um, malignant intent, right? Or, sure. or you know, I mean, sometimes there's great intentions behind it, um, but it's just not patterned after God, right? And so I think the, um, the purpose-driven church was something that I think did hurt the church because it presented a, a, uh, it attempted to make Jesus popular and likable. And so it was like, hey, sure. you know, we have to be attractive to the world, not the Lord. We have to be attracted to the world. And so you're right. So the, there was formulas, there was making calls, and, and uh, there was uh, suggestions to kind of find out your neighborhood and what they want in the church. Um, and, uh, and, and so th there are some good things about that, of course, that if you see that there's a uh, single family crisis there where there's a, a child out of wedlock and, you, and, and, and there's a ministering that needs to happen there, that's, that's good data to have. But um, when, you, when you notice that, oh, you got a lot of teens in this area, let's put some fog machines and strobe lights, sure. right? And then worship is going to be a concert. Um, uh, and we're more worried about how they're going to react. So I agree with you 100%. That is certainly um, something that uh, that has happened. And so we saw the seeker-sensitive movement come in. And then what do you think that opened doors to? Like, what what are some of the things we saw in trends that we saw um, that kind of began opening the doors to? You remember, actually, I think we all gave a seminar on that. And the, on the men's retreat, right? Isaac, were you there? Absolutely. We all gave, I remember it's... Uh, we, did the, we did the board with the circles on yeah. it. Yes. And, and actually, the, 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 first things when you, the first thing when you opened the book, which I thought it was beautiful, it's, it's, it's not about you. 
you know that's the first paragraph that you read on that on that thing and there, there's a brother aldo you guys remember aldo right absolutely yeah. aldo and his sons and yes. man aldo aldo hated that book and he 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 always pulled me aside he told me no man that guy's no good you know he, he started telling me oh there's you know that book doesn't speak about repentance that book you know doesn't doesn't talk about god's wrath you know uh, you know a lot of stuff and i remember man i was i don't know i was still in my 20s and yeah. I, <laughs> uh aldo kind of like started you were, you were in your late that, 20s in my, probably my late 20s yeah <laughs> and 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 man it it i i didn't realize it until later on you know especially when some of the teenagers start asking you questions and i think for me that's that's what really started opening my eyes on man what's going on here how come you know everything in this you know kind of it has to be good you know god is so good you know it doesn't yeah. speak about about how we're so bad either you know so i i think that's to me it, it it's aldo really helped me on that on that aspect where i don't know if it's i was naive you know or or what but it was it, it really opened my eyes and it took a while too uh to be able to start seeing a little bit of that which again i, I was in your dad's church for 20 years you guys went on to start your own churches and stuff and i'm still the yeah. the peon i'm still the, <laughs> the 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 nobody of this group you know you guys mm -hmm. are you know uh, i feel like 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 you know you guys are, are amazing you know I'm, I'm i'm proud of you guys but uh being in your dad's church kind of i don't know if it became a crutch because your father knew so much that sometimes I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and and learn for myself, you know. And and I think that kind of like hurt me. Where, where you guys left and and you guys grew more, uh, in regards to that, because I'm pretty sure you guys faced it more. So mm -hmm. for me, it was you know it, it was uh, little by little I started opening my eyes and and it's 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 the last I would say the last six seven years it's it's where I've really been interested on this on on why is it going the way it's going yeah man yeah so what you know as that seeker sensitive movement opens the door and it, it, it's trying to make itself attractive to the world now we're having to start mirroring right we have to yeah. now start considering different things i remember when this book came out um an alternative music was making its its roaring introduction oh, and right the nirvana that sort of rebellious spirit um you know it, it was just sort of like this pushback against authority and and then we saw it um started to manifest in the church and you had people like mark driscoll and yep. we had uh what was that movement called the oh my god yes yes uh, i was thinking about that name they're, they're a long forgotten movement at this point but it was when the red the, the the oh my gosh Yes, Mark Driscoll was a part of it very early on. The other, um, uh, the other church that sounded like his church. What was his name? Yeah, the other Mars Hill. Was it Josh? Mars Thompson? Hill. Mars Hill. Yeah, Mars Hill. Yeah, so but they not, were like, but yeah, not, not not Mark Driscoll. This was Mars Hill. Hill. The Velvet Elvis guy. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you had all of these modern thinkers um, that started to kind of um, get into the mystics, and then a lot of different weird theology started to come out and it's all part of reflecting the culture they're trying to minister in. and it was always cloaked that way well you know we got to minister to the culture you know we we, we got to get to where they're at and um 
And, you know, Jesus ate with the prostitutes. And, you know, and so we, 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 we were sort of taken down the sheep slaughter little by little with these um, voices of, of reason and compromise with the idea of evangelism. And evangelism was, was, the, was the excuse used to sort of lower the moral, um, the moral standard and the holiness of God. And so one of the things that um, we started to see and grapple with was just very simple and plain. It was like, should the church welcome homosexual and gay people? And that was in 2005, you know, that, that was the, the whole discussion. Should, should the church welcome them? And so what, I think most of us were like, well, yeah, every sinner is welcome to the church, right? I mean, sure. You know, why not? You know, but again, if if we go back and say, you know, when we read the book of Acts and people came to the congregation, they came saved. They didn't go to church to be saved. They already came saved. And so the church was a discipleship center. So, you know, where it talked about the multitudes gathering and, and, and meeting, it's like, well, they pray, they ate and they learn the scriptures together. That's discipleship. They, they weren't discussing the truth and the veracity of the gospel. I mean, you, 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 so uh, for me, I always saw that kind of like weird, like, wow, um, we open the church today like if it's, uh, you know, a saving center. No, we need to, the Christians go to church, get equipped and go out and share okay. the gospel to the community. So, um, so in light of that, how have you seen this shift when it comes to inclusiveness and, and, and that is the big thing now. But look at it from that seeker-sensitive moment. How do you see that? How, do you, how did you see that shift start? And, and what are your opinions of how it's impacting us now with this whole idea of inclusiveness? So, I mean, if I can jump in, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting because I think, I think you kind of, you're, you, what you just said is kind of leading into all of that, right? It's almost like a journey, right? We're talking, we're, we're talking almost through a journey, here, right? So, so, you know, here we have this seeker sensitive movement that takes place. It's trying to uh, bring people in because people are tired of old timey religion, which also wasn't the biblical path, right? Well, you know, this old timey religion uh, was a biblical path. Then the emergent church comes, right? That's, those are the guys, emergent church, Rob Bell, all those guys. Uh, now, now you start having these conversations and when you begin to mirror the church to look like society, right? The same, what happens in Rome happens in the church. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so when your church looks like Rome, you're going to have these conversations of inclusiveness. Now, I remember you and I, when we, I was, uh, your associate pastor and we had that situation where, uh, we had homosexual people who wanted to come and visit the church and, and we were like, absolutely. But we never we never stopped preaching the gospel and everybody knew where we stood right everybody understood what 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 our principles were and where we stood biblically um you know we're living in a weird social milieu right now when it comes to inclusivism and and the church is finding itself in a real peculiar situation i think you hit the nail on the head when you said that the church was a uh, discipleship center of sorts to, to get people out. We're trying to bring people into the church to get saved. But how can you bring people into the church to get saved if the church is the saved ones? 
right? The church is the ecclesia, the, the gathering of the fellowship of believers, right? So the church is the saved ones. And I think uh, we have the cart before the horse a little bit in society and in the current cultural context. Well, do, of the do you think, do you think that, that that's sort of why I brought up that journey? Because I think the seeker sensitive movement made that shift. It made sure. it, it turned the focus into growth and growth by attracting people, right? Sure. And and what does that do to the gospel? Well, and, but but the, the, just to your point, look at all of those churches from from uh, the, the Purpose Driven Church. Uh, that, that church, Saddleback, I think you know, I'm, as a complementarian, they they just have they have a woman pastor now uh, at Saddleback. As a Southern Baptist church, that's actually against their bylaws, but they have a woman pastor there. Uh, you take a look at, you know, the, the way of uh, the Acts 29 group. They've all turned woke um, following the same trends. I mean, if you take a look at, at the long term fruit of what's being produced in these churches. All right. We're seeing we're seeing the decay of 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 this movement. The problem is how 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 much of the tree is going to decay? How much damage are we going to take in Christendom here in America, specifically speaking? Because that's our context uh, before the church wakes up right i knew isaac was going to start bringing the big words man i don't i have, <laughs> I have to google them but uh, it's second timothy four you know it, it, right. it's what's going on it's it, people want their ears to be tickled you know and and that's what's happening that's what we're seeing it, it's those churches are so big and it's it's they're just in you know when, when you try to include everyone and you try to please everyone that goes against the word because uh, when you're going to start approving or you, you're going to start not talking about certain topics, okay, then that's, that's the problem. And, 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 you know, I was, I was a youth pastor for, I think the first stint was like five years. And then recently, uh, it was a blessing that my kids were teenagers and I was able to pastor them uh, as a youth pastor and they brought all their friends. So I met all their friends, but Again, it's it's. They were always telling me that you offended this guy, that you offended this <laughs> guy, and it's because I was always preaching the word of God, and I will, I will call on my side, and I will tell him, look, I am, so, you know, I will tell him, I'm sorry if I offended you, but I'm not sorry that I told you the truth, you know, and that's that's what's going on. It's the churches, and again, I'm I'm not generalizing everyone, you know, I'm just saying there's certain churches, and and you see a lot of them are really really big churches. And, and that's, again, I just became a member of a big church. And, and in, in this church, they, they preach the truth of God. Actually, I Amen. just came from a class and on, on sexuality and all that stuff on what marriage is. And, and the pastor just says, you know, he, he, man, it's, it's, it's honest and he preaches the truth, you know. And, and that's what we need to do. It's, it's, we need to stop, uh, you know, because people say tolerance is, you know, you're going to let every, everything go by. And it's not. It, it, it's even though you're wrong. Okay, I'm not gonna hate on you as a person, but what you're doing is wrong. You know, if my kids are doing something wrong, I'm gonna tell them, hey, dude, you know, you, you can't do that. You know, as a father, and my kids are already grown. You know, my, my, my daughter got married, she's out of the house, thank God. <laughs> you know, and, and my other two on their way out. And, 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 and I tell them, I, I get into sometimes like, like little scuffles with them uh, because they tell me, you know, hey, I want to do this. And I tell them, look, man, uh, I don't think that's right. And I know you're a man. My son's just going camping with, with you know, with, with uh, some, some friends and some family members. 
And I just told them, hey, man, if there's any drinking and stuff, you know, you need to get away from that. Okay, you're a Christian, you're my son, and I taught you better. You know, and, and he gets upset. He's like, yes, dad, I know, you know, I'm going to be an example. And, and, and some of that stuff is missing. You have no idea how many teenagers used to come to me and tell me, man, I wish you were, I wish my parents were rough on me like you were with your kids. Because they were always complaining about us. They were like, oh, they don't let me go out. They don't let me do this. But as a, as a father, you know, if we apply that to the church, to let the, the church in truth, you know, know what's wrong and what's right, uh, it's 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 you know if we have good kids because of that because the bible tells us that's what we need to do with our children as pastors you guys should know you know uh, of course I, I know you guys are are good but uh, a lot of these churches they just let their kids do whatever they want you know and, yeah, and it's, it's it's not right and i think that's where the church has declined a lot and it's 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 just not preaching the truth it, it's love you know my my pastor just said it a lot of churches are saying love is love you know, but uh, what's your definition of love? Yeah. You know, and, and and you know, if love is letting you do whatever you want, that's not love. That's, that's not actually, love. That's, that's actually hate. That's, right. that's actually hate. You Amen. know, because right. if I love you, I'm not gonna let you hurt yourself. Amen. That's right. Amen. Well, before we get into the second segue in defining the gospel, uh, the right gospel, we're gonna cut to a quick break, and then we'll be back to finish out uh, the second part. I want to thank you for tuning in today and I ask two favors from you. If you enjoy the content of what we're presenting, if you find being a collective is an attractive thing to you, if you connect with us when we talk about celebrating everything America when it comes to our faith, our family, and the pursuit of happiness, can you do me a favor? Number one, like our YouTube channel, follow us, subscribe to our channel, and click the little bell button so you can be notified every time there is a new content that's being uploaded secondly you can go to our website uh you can go to patriotcollective.biz that's b-i-z like business and you can scroll through the pages and as you can see in this video there's a lot of content you can stream from the website you can also purchase a ten dollar club membership that would allow you to support us and it would get charged monthly and that is just one way of being part of the collective. In addition to that, you can check our merch. We have cups, hats, shirts, things that are constantly going to be updated. But you can also dress up in, in collective gear and sort of identify and let everybody know where you stand on the issues in matters of faith, family, and freedom. I appreciate your help in this. Thank you so much again for tuning in and just joining and being part of the collective. God bless. All right. All right. So we're back. And, um, and so we were talking about, uh, Josh, your particular experience and seeing how churches that are big have a challenge. And one of those challenges, and we, we, Isaac and I used to talk a lot about this, um, especially when I started to go deep into house churches versus uh, traditional form of churches. More but traditional. Right, right. So you, when, you, when you take out a mortgage for, for $3 million to buy a piece of property, construct, and you have 5,000 members, and you, gotta, you need to sustain that level of income. So there, 
There are some compromises sure. that sometimes you have to make. And often the first casualty in that compromise is the gospel. And so, so you know, we played a video of Lecrae talking about, like, they asked him, hey, are you a Christian artist? And he's like, well, you know, I don't really like using that. I'm just an artist. And, you know, I wouldn't say that. And so he shies away. There's just, just, just sort of this idea of shying away from orthodox, right? Uh, real Christianity, bold Christianity. We went from bold colors to these little pastels and, and little shades of, of our gospel. And, uh, and so uh, with that being said, I want to throw this out there. If you had to describe the, one of the biggest missing elements in this modern gospel, what would it be? Well, I mean, I think the problem is, is that there are so many gospels, right? Right now, there's only one gospel, right? Paul, Paul tells uh, the Galatians, I'm so shocked that you're so easily deceived to another gospel. Not that there's another gospel, right? We only know there's one gospel, but, but you're being misled, you know? And so there's a lot of different gospels, right? There's the, the, good, the gospel for good people, the self-esteem gospel, the self-help gospel, the prosperity gospel, which we are all familiar with, especially our friend Josh here. Uh, the, the faith and gospel, right? The, the political gospel. Um, there, there are all these elements to the gospel and what's being proclaimed in, in churches. Um, but really, it's like easy beliefism. You know, it's, it's, it's come and see. Um, God is good. God will help you. You know, uh, God is a Republican. God is a social justice warrior. God is a she or a they them. He probably is a they them because he's a Trinity. We gotta we gotta think about that one. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this guy. Uh, uh, I, I can see all the comments coming in now. That's it. How oh, dare you? <laughs> god might be a they them. You know, god might, he said let he said let us make man uh, men in our image, right? God might be a they them, but but you know we have all these elements to the gospel where where. To this this type of gospel, where it's like a a come come and make God in your own image, you know. And what's missing is repentance. What's missing is the true gospel. And I think maybe I guess everybody can jump in on what they think is missing. But I think that we should take some time to define what is the biblical gospel. Mm, mm. I think that's a I think that's a good question. Uh, what is the biblical gospel? That 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 certainly is going to leave us on a high note. What I will add to that is. Um, you know, Paul talks about that in the last days, you'll see a rebel, like the rebellion of Korah, right? Where where we right. saw that great rebellion where, where people were being led to worship the calf, right? The, the golden calf as, and the funny thing is that the golden calf was never a foreign god. It was always like, no, no, this is the god of, the, the god who delivered you, but it's this, right? So it's always yeah. deception. And so... Um, I would say that all of those gospels, um, at least a great majority of them, have one thing in common. And that one thing in common is the idea of repentance is always missing. I think that, sure. I think, it, and then the real repentance, like real repentance is, you know, because there's like, oh, I'm sorry. And, and then, you know, and I, I'm really not convicted. But real true repentance is always missing from that gospel. I remember I had an, uh, a discussion with a theologian who once told me, well, you repent one time and that's it. 
it's like, no, 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 because scripture says your fruit in keeping with repentance. So we're 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 always reproofing and changing our minds, um, in, in the sense of uh, in light of the doctrine and in, in, in light of the word of God. And so, um, what are your thoughts about that? Do you feel like that's been a missing element in the church besides truth? But when we re preach the gospel, um, is repentance something that is a requirement? Of course, <laughs> if, if you don't repent, you know, it, 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 if you don't regret what you're doing, uh, a lot of people say it. Maybe you don't have the spirit of God in you. It, that, that's a sign that, that, that we show that the spirit is in us. It's working in us when, when you do something that's wrong, you know, uh, the word metanoia, it, it, it's what does it mean? It, it means to turn away. We're turning away from our sin. Uh, how do we turn away? You know, it, it, it's if you, for example, uh, I have a lot of family members that are alcoholics. Uh, me at a young age, you know, I, I, I was going down that path. Uh, after I accepted Christ, man, there was one time where I had a drink and I mean, it tasted horrible. <laughs> like, like before it tasted good, all of a sudden it tasted horrible. And that's the spirit working in me to, to help me get out of that the the vicious you know my my both of my grandfathers died before they were 60 and it was all from alcohol poisoning you know and and and, and the holy spirit took me out of that you know the holy spirit saved me and he just gave me the horrible taste now sometimes i i smell it and and this was when i was a teenager i'm, I'm not saying as an adult you know as a teenager i used to drink and now i smell it and sometimes I, i've gagged I, I love cooking and sometimes i had to use alcohol to cook and, and, and that smell, sometimes I had to leave the kitchen, you know, or the alcohol burns off because that, that's true repentance. That's what repentance does. It turns us away from, from our faults, you know, the same with pornography. You know, it, it's again, uh, when I got married, I struggled a lot with that, with pornography. And, you know, it just, it, it, and this is as a Christian too. This is not, you know, as me before I was a Christian. It's as a Christian, I struggle with that. And from one day to another, man, it's, 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 I just stopped and, and, and just God showed me that, that I was neglecting my wife because I was, I was, you know, putting all my energy in someone else when all that energy should have been going to my wife and my marriage just became better, uh, a hundred percent because of that. Amen. And if, if there's no true repentance, if true repentance is not preached on the churches, it's it's we're limping. You know that that's part of salvation. You know that that's you know the John the Baptist started. You know that was the ministry of repentance, and Jesus continued the ministry of repentance. If we don't preach it, if we don't talk about it, well, you know it's 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 it's. I don't think salvation can be achieved. Amen. Well, just real quick, yeah. Acts seventeen twenty nine. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Amen. Uh, Amen. This is new covenant, Amen. new covenant. 
This is in the scriptures. This is at the beginning of the church. And this is what's being recorded. And so this is an absolute must. We have to preach repentance. And I agree with Josh. Isaac, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I think the the call, the response that's given to the gospel is to repent and believe. Right? So, So how can you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior apart from repentance? The, the mere acceptance of Jesus Christ with a true understanding of the gospel is to understand that I am wretched. I am dead in my sin. I am an enemy of God. I am hostile towards God, right? And so I can't come to God and say, okay, God, now take me as I am. No. In Second Corinthians, it says, for godly grief produces, uh, produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death, mm. right? And so we are called to repent. I believe, I believe faith the initial action of faith and repentance are the two sides of one coin. When we place our faith in Jesus, we place our faith in Jesus with repentance, right? I come to Jesus because I'm a fallen sinner. God, forgive me, wretched man that I am, right? So I think it's the same coin, right? The different face of the same coin. Absolutely. Repentance is absolutely necessary. Yeah. If you understand the gospel, if you're, if you're being preached a true gospel, repentance must come because you have a true understanding of how wretched we are apart from his saving grace. Amen. And so like Josh says, it's it's a turning from sin. I think years ago, there was a, a, a move with uh, the free grace uh, movement where they were looking to take the word metanoia there and only utilize one form of its definition, which was uh, a change of mind. Remember that? And so it's a, it's a change of mind. And so, yes, a portion of, of that terminology is a change of mind but it's a change of mind that leads to a change in action hence the turning away from sin and we're not talking about perfectionism here but we are talking about a godly grief that is produced within us because we know we fall short in front of the in front of our savior right and so god forgive us for we are sinners repentance is absolutely necessary and it's a true sign of a converted heart Amen. Amen. You know, amen. and I think you hit a nail on the head, Isaac, when you use that verse where it talks about worldly grief and real repentance. And I think that false modern gospel appeals to to that modern, that worldly grief, right? It's almost like, hey, if you have a hole in your heart and you're feeling grief that the world produces, right. Jesus wants to fill that hole in your heart. And we use right. those type of psychological techniques to present the gospel. Hey, if you're poor, you know, God wants to make you rich. You know, if you're struggling, well, God wants to give you that job. If, if you know, you've been wanting that raise and that promotion, God wants to promote you, right? And then it, it, it and it, it has offsprings, right? Like, hey, you know, um, God wants to use you and give you purpose in life. And well, that may be true, but that's not the message of the gospel, right? And so, and so when we kind of think about the message of the gospel, we, we, we just hit the hit. We just talked about repentance and we said, um, and, and I kind of want to highlight this because I had a discussion with someone the other day about this, but you said um, the false notion that it's just a change of mind and it's not a change of conduct, right? And so we learn that the Holy Spirit actually transforms us. And so it does start with a change of mind and heart. And Jesus says, right, out of the abundance of the heart comes out, speaks the mouth, right? But all of our actions really are initiated by the condition of our heart. And so if he can transform the mind and the heart, then he's it's going to change in our fruit. It's going to change in how we conduct ourselves. Right. And so... 
I heard someone tell me the other day, well, you know, Christians are just lazy and, you know, they just want mm. a gospel that's simple. And, and, and so, uh, you know, this is why, and they kind of used it as a justification to sort of interject foreign ideas to stimulate the body of Christ to do works, right? So it was just sort of like, you know, the, the church abuses grace, the church is lazy, the church likes to go, go to church only when there's like lunch being offered or a program yeah. for the kids. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's not really, uh, you can tell we were brought up in Latin churches, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, th th that is sort of the context in that. How do, you, how, how do you address that concern? How do you address the concern of the church is worldly, you have to kind of adulterate the gospel a little bit in order to get people productive? Um, what are your thoughts on that? You want to jump in, Josh? Or you want me to jump in? Repeat the question. I'm sorry, I was reading something. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. What I say is, how do you deal with the church with with the with the voice that says, "Hey, you know, uh, the church is lazy. The grace abusers. They think it's an easy gospel. They're lazy. They're gluttonous. They don't want to do anything for God. So we have to use a little law. We have uh, to use a little." you know, gasoline and throw a little fire on them and, and use a little bit of a threat um, to get them to produce. Sure. Uh, I think, I think I we've think, all heard that, right? I, 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 yeah, but I think it's true. I, I think most Christians are lazy, <laughs> you know? It's, it's yeah. Isaac, don't get me started, bro. I, I'm going to go at you. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, it's it's the laziness, man. It, it, it's uh, sometimes they uh, not only, you know, they, they put the pastor in a pedestal and not that we shouldn't respect them or anything like that. But a lot of times we rely on the pastor because I did it for many years. Oh, you know, his, his is the truth, you know, and, and I'm not going to research it. I'm not going to do anything about it, you know, but if, if, if we have to work uh, as Christians, you know, uh, and we have to learn the word of God, we have to, to, I can't find the word, but, uh, we we have to push ourselves uh just just to to uh, to edify ourselves sometimes we can't be depending on other people you know when when we when we go to the pearly gates we're going to be by ourselves you know the, the narrow path it's 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 for one person to go through and well but it, let me let me stop you there for a second and ask you yeah. this i'm going to throw this out here because yeah. it, here's here's where where i may dive divert a little bit because and then this is where my calvinist hat starts i play a little game i flirt with a little calvinism here because whoa, whoa. Look at Isaac yeah, i know i know i know but here's the point here's the point i'm not just come for clarity on. i'm not a calvinist but <laughs> yeah right i'm not i'm not but here but they make, a, they make a strong point here and here here's the point uh-huh you know salvation is the work of god it's the work of the holy spirit okay right? and so the bible I, I says that, that if okay so the bible says that once we're born again we've been baptized into the death of christ and we've been mm -hmm. raised a new person right and so we didn't do nothing we didn't contribute mm -hmm. to it the scripture says that god sure. puts in us the desire to to do his will right so it's all the work of god right it, it, you know the our only part is to to believe which mm -hmm is is caused by hearing the word of god faith comes from hearing so yeah. not even the faith is ours the only thing we own is belief right with the heart yeah, this, and yeah, this close 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, but let me, let me yeah. tie it all okay, together. Go. So with uh -huh. the heart, man believes. We uh -huh. hear the word of God, we unite our belief to the word of God, and that is faith, okay? Now, here's the thing, and that's where I'm not an, uh, a Calvinist because, right, I don't think regeneration <laughs> precedes faith, uh, 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 faith. But anyways, the point that I'm trying to say is, is that um, I think that we have to accept the fact that if mm -hmm. someone is not living a fruitful life, it's because they had a false conversion. And, and, and so either you are born again, right? Okay. And, that doesn't, and that, doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that you're not carnal or, you know, some days you just kind of want to stay in bed. That doesn't mean we don't use obedience because mm -hmm. there's a place for obedience, right? Sometimes I don't yeah. want to do something and I tell myself, no, you need to do it. It's the right thing, but I do it in faith. What God tells me, do not forsake the congregation. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to okay. obey that. That's not a dead work. But I'm talking about the person who says everything's a drag. Like anything that has yeah. to do with God is a drag. Reading the Bible is a drag. And, and, and so I have to spit out fire and brimstone just to get someone to open the or, or zip line from the screen yeah or zip line down, down <laughs> or drive my harley that, on stage or drive or... my harley on stage right <laughs> if, I, if i jump in this you know it's it's i understand the point that you're making and i think that that's all too often what's going on right we take a look and i, I think josh is right most christians are lazy yeah <laughs> most you know we take a look at especially here in the west we take for granted that I think on average, there's about five Bibles in every home where in other countries you'd get persecuted to the point of death for having just one. Um, we take for granted that there's a church on every block here in, in the States, specifically I'm in South Florida, there's churches everywhere. Uh, you're in Texas, so even more, right? Um, we take all of that for granted and, and we end up with a culture that is uninterested. And so then what do we do? And not when I say we, I'm using the British we, right? What, 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 what does the church do um, in, in this movement? They say, how, what can I do to engage these people? Maybe I'll ride my Harley on stage, right? Maybe I'll zip line. Uh, maybe I'll ride a bike and then give a bunch of bikes away uh, in the church. Maybe I'll do all, I, mean, I went to a church uh, when I first came to South Florida, a dude jumped out of an Amazon box. I knew right there I would never come back to that church. But <laughs> yeah, he jumped he jumped he, he jumped out of an Amazon it's box. Prime day. Yeah, wearing, wearing wearing like a five hundred dollar denim jacket with Mickey Mouse on the back. I mean, you know, it was I mean the dude was dressed fresh to death, but you know, it was a little too much for me. But you have to remember what you what was it you, a jean jacket? You said a jean was, jacket? Yeah, jean jacket, yeah. yeah. What okay. you, you what sure it wasn't Michael Ty? <laughs> uh, what you what you win them with keep them with so this whole thought where you say where you say oh uh, maybe maybe i'll bring them in with all these antics but then i'll give them the gospel no no what you win them with is what you're forced to keep them with and then amen. you say well amen. most of society most of people come to church they know the gospel no that's not true when you assume the gospel you lose the gospel yeah. right the gospel must be preached the gospel must be proclaimed uh and it must be proclaimed in its fullness romans 1 for i am not ashamed of the gospel Right, for it is the power of God into salvation, right? And so we have to preach and proclaim the gospel. So, so you mean Isaac, my craftiness is not the power of God? You mean the, the I want you to put gold glitter in your AC vents and then have your deacon flip the switch uh, up so I can be covered in gold. 
Oh, okay, uh, okay. The, so the, the power, power of God, God is the gospel, not not man and our right. creative stories. Look, even more, the power of God, not speaking in, speaking in tongues is not the power of God. Healing is not the power of God. Raising someone from the dead is not the power. The power of God is the gospel. Amen. Preach it. Everything else is just a sign. That's all. But yeah. the power of God unto salvation is the gospel that is the method and the means in which god decided to give us that one would be saved right amen so amen it doesn't matter if the christian is lazy is my point the, the it is the, the job of the pastor to proclaim the fullness of scripture and the fullness of the gospel or just sit down, sit down. we don't need we don't we don't, we don't need if you put an applause i'll tell you a story real quick real quick so you know i should do the sound system for your father and one day he's preaching and, and he was like on it. And then all of a sudden people started clapping, but I put the applause and he looks up and he goes, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> he said, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Absolutely. I love that. That is the gospel. The power of God is uh, 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 the main picture. And I remember you, someone used to tell me, no, you got to sneak it in. You got to get to know him. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to convince anybody, you know, the, the spirit of God convicts the world of sin and convinces the world of sin. And That's so right. at the end of the day, it's all the work of God. What we have to do is present the gospel. So yes, be nice. Yes, be charitable. You don't have to be a jerk, but we got to get the gospel in there one way or another and the true gospel. And so when we talk about the true gospel and we'll, we'll start kind of bringing in, reining in the horse, landing the plane now. What what do you think are the essential components of the gospel? Now, I, I have a whole, I'm not going to speak on this because I have this whole idea that I'm going to present at the end, but y'all tell me what you think the essential components of the gospel is. I spoke we a lot, Josh. About so it. We, we talked about it. it was, it's repentance, man. If, 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 if not only, you know, well, the, the gospel is, you know, Jesus died for us and, and we have to, we have to, to change our lives. Uh, there's a, an old Baptist preacher. His name is David Pawson. And, and he does an illustration on John, uh, on John 3, 14, 3, 13, 3, 14. And he says, everybody knows John 3, 16. So let's go to 14, 15. And, and what he says is, uh, you have to elevate Jesus, okay? If you don't elevate Jesus and make him your Lord, then everything else doesn't apply to you. And, and that is truly the gospel. You know, we go back to repentance. You got to elevate Jesus. You, you got to put him in a pedestal. Like, you know, like the pastor was talking about uh, the, the John 12. Uh, you have to give everything for him. And, and that's how the true gospel is. When you truly accept Christ, you're going to change your life. You know, looking, looking at pornography, it's, it's not going to matter. Having a drink, going out with your friends. You know, I used to have friends come over every Friday in my house. It was, you know, 10, 15 people. And, and as soon as I accepted Christ, you know, I started inviting his dad over. Uh, hey, we're going to have a get together with a bunch of friends. And we were eating and then I, I will stop. I was like, hey, tell him what you told me about Jesus. You know, and little by little, I lost <laughs> all my friends. So it was, you know, of course, I had just accepted Christ. I live in a, in a little shoebox. And, and, and that yeah. is the, the, the power. If Jesus doesn't change you because of his sacrifice, what he did for you, then it's 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 for nothing. Then then you don't have it. You got it. You got to make people love Jesus. And again, it's 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 not because of us. It's not because of what we do, but it's because of what He did. Amen. 
That's right. That's right. I think if I was to to try to sum up the gospel, um, you know, first it has to start with God, right? Uh, but I, I I think Mark Driscoll, very early on, he would say, you know, uh, Jesus. Is it Mark life. Driscoll? Are you guys in love with him? No, I just I used to listen. I used to listen. He's good. He's good. I'm missing. I'm missing. I'm missing with you guys. Come on, continue. He said. He, he, he used to say, um, and I don't know if he still does, but he used to say, uh, Jesus lived the life we couldn't live and died to death. We deserve to die, right? And then rose on, on in three days, right? And if you put your trust in him, you'll be saved. And I think I think that sums it up in its simplicity. But yeah, it starts with it starts with God. God is the creator of all things. He's perfect, right? Man, we fall short. We sin. We broke covenant with God, right? In the eyes of God, we are enemies, right? We, we are totally depraved. Right. We, we don't seek after God. We can do no good. We can never earn our way into salvation. It, it's important to understand that because that's why we need the good news, the gospel. We are completely and utterly incapable of ever saving ourselves and being right in the sight of God. So God is perfect. We are not. We have fallen in our sin and in our depravity. Right. But then Christ steps on the scene. The God man who lives a perfect life. Right. He fulfilled all of the law. Then he was crucified, and on the third day he rose again, and then he ascended on high. And if you put your trust, you know, it's funny. The Bible says if you put your trust in him, you'll be saved. It doesn't say if you put your trust in what he says. It doesn't say if you put your trust in what he teaches. It says if you put your trust in him, you will be saved. Amen. And so that's the gospel. We are fallen. We are depraved. But, but God, being Amen. rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us. Right? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. You know, what I would say is, when you ever get a chance, Galatians 3.24, Galatians 3.24, Paul outlines just sort of the process of, of the gospel. Like, so we, we all heard right now, 100% in agreement, that is the gospel. But I kind of want to shift a little focus and kind of close out with the idea of what is the process of the gospel. And Paul, in his uh, illuminated understanding where where he it was revealed to him what the new covenant is he sums it up so beautiful because here's the thing paul says that we are brought to christ under the law paul says that the law was the tutor that told us things and it told us what things the thing that isaac just said that we are incapable of saving ourselves we are dead in our trespasses that our heart is wicked we can never lean on what we feel and think it's desperately sick right uh that's what the prophet said so we we are disconnected from god we are spiritually dead we need to be regenerated so we can be back in communion with god but before that can happen Here's the problem. The law is constantly telling us you are guilty. You are guilty. And that law, what Paul says, is instructing us. It's teaching us. That's what a tutor does. A tutor teaches us about ourselves, right? Amen. So the, and, and, and then what happens? That tutor is telling us you are hopeless. You, you're going to perish. You're going to hell. And I remember James White says, uh, or was that Driscoll who used to say, uh, you're, you deserve, or the best you deserve is hell or something to that effect. And mm -hmm. so here's the, here's the point that tutor brings us to Christ. And if the law has its perfect work, it highlights the need for grace and grace looks so much more beautiful when the law has its work. As a matter of fact, I will say 
You cannot have meaningful grace without the law. Grace is so much more beautiful when you understand how evil and corrupt and depraved we are as people. And so, yeah. and so I think what I wanted to add to this conversation is that the gospel without the law is what produces often what we call the lazy Christians. The lazy Christians hear the gospel just grace. God loves you. You're great. He wants to prosper you, you know? And, and, and so they never realize what the law says about them and their nature and who they are. And, and so if we remove the law, remove the work of the law, then of course, uh, grace is cheap, right? Grace is abused. And, and I, I, I believe in most cases, if we don't go through the law, then we really don't arrive at Christ. We just arrive at a solution that we think Christ may be able to offer us. But we're not really offering, the, arriving to the idea of dying to myself and then being being born again in Christ. And so right. with that being said, I want to invite you, if you're listening to this message and you're struggling, you're struggling right now with your faith and you'll say, yep, I'm lazy. Yep, I don't like to give. Listen. I'm going to be honest with you. I was a pastor for many, many years. And the, the frustration of having to deal with some of you sheep, right? Hmm. Because everything was evil intention. Oh, we're going to buy Cadillacs. I've, I've never been a full-time pastor. I've worked all of my life, gone to school, and tried right. to help people in ministry. And so it was never about money, but those are the excuses people used. And so... It, it, maybe I'm talking to you where you're like, money is always an issue. Maybe you just love money. Maybe that's the problem, right? That's something that you haven't given over to God. Maybe you're struggling with desiring to go to church. Maybe you're, you're, you're struggling with how to love your wife. Maybe you're, there's a whole myriad of issues that you're struggling with, right? And, and, and you're, it's not just the struggle of I mess up. It's that you even lack the desire to be better. You'd lack the desire to be obedient. And if that's the case, I'm going to ask you a question. How did you come to Christ? Did you come to Christ with like a Skittles and rainbows and everything's lovely? Or did you come to Christ with this call that you are corrupting your own nature, that you, your, your sin is a stench to God, that, that if you had died in your sin, you would have been to hell and gone to hell and God would have been just in sending you to hell. And that Jesus came to take away your sin, but to give you new life. And what that requires, of course, is you giving your life to him. So if you struggle with that, ask yourself, are you truly born again? Have you really given your life to Christ in a, in a sincere way and said, Lord, I want you to take all of my sin and give me all of your righteousness. And it's an even exchange. But here's the thing. The Bible says that you were purchased. So this is not a give me your salvation, see you later, God. This is a new life we're going to live. And so I challenge you today to think of the day that you claim you were born again. And is that what happened? Is that the exchange that happened? Or was the exchange one that was just, you know, fire insurance? God, I just don't want to go to hell. Oh, God, I just want you to make me feel good. I want you to fill the hole in my heart. Yeah, I'm just going to repeat these words from the pastor. Go home and everything is great. I want you to consider those, those thoughts because that does not lead to salvation. 
that does not lead to salvation. Amen. And so uh, Larry writes, modern gospel has been replaced with politics. That's interesting. Anybody have any comments to that? Has the modern gospel been replaced by politics? I don't know what he means by that, but you know, it's it's uh, a lot of churches act like like it's a it's a business, you know, and it's it's a church shouldn't be a business. And, and to me, it's it's again, it's it's I've always been in small churches, and and it's it's just a big difference now going to a new church, and you do see some of these uh, traits how, how they do things, and but I don't. I don't. I don't know what he means. <laughs> like it's treated by politics. I think, because... I think it has to do with my past associations with the Patriot Church, which I still fully support. And so, um, let me. Let, and this has been just sort of a caricature that always follows this discussion, which is what role does politics have in the church, and that will be a topic in the future. Um, sure. But I'm gonna say this. Um, you know, no one ever complained when Al Gore used to visit the Baptist churches or when Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton would go to the black Baptist churches and no one ever said anything uh, when Raphael Warnock is a pastor and, 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 you know, preached his liberal politics. So, uh, okay. I hear you. You're talking about Marjorie Taylor green, Christian nationalism movement. The Christian Amen. nationalism movement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, so let, let me just speak to that for a moment because this is something that I think has a huge misunderstanding. First thing, it's the idea of nationalism. Nationalism in its inception, when we say nationalism, what we're saying is being proud of our country, loving our countrymen. And I have a hard time. Listen, I know, Larry, I know that some people may be skinheads, but I can point you to atheists that, that killed thousands and thousands of people. And I would never say all atheists um, you know, kill people or murderous, right? I wouldn't say all socialists are murderous, even though most of the largest um, murders have been under the hands of socialists. So again, let's not widespread judge. When we're talking about Christian nationalism, what we're saying is a church that loves its neighbor and by proxy loves their country. How do you love your neighbor without loving your countrymen and where you live? How do you love your neighbor without being interested in what's being taught in the schools? How do you love your neighbor without being interested in the policies being promoted at the local level? And so this is something I'm extremely passionate about, but I will tell you, the world will love for Christians to shut up, sit down, and not have a voice. And I know it scares some people for Christians coming out now and saying, no, we're gonna assert ourselves. Do you know that liberals have been pushing abortion, okay? Abortion from Washington, D.C. and funding it. Christians have been forced through our taxpayer funding for 10 years to fund abortions. And these are things against our faith. And so what happens? Well. The liberals and the uh, pro-murdering abortionists have had a voice. And now the Christians are going to represent themselves as well. We're not suggesting that those who believe abortion should be removed and their voice be stopped. We're just saying we're going to include our voice in that concept. So when we talk about that, we, when we say Christian nationalism, what we're saying is Christians who love their country. That's it. 
That's all it means. It has nothing to do with race. As a, that's what the the media, the same people who said that Trump was involved with the with the Russians, that was proven false. Those same people want to tell you that Christian nationalism is racism, and it's not. It's just about loving our country. And yes, absolutely, in a country, there's going to be Muslims, there's going to be other people, but we're going to add our voice to to the mix. And locally, in a pol politics locally, we're going to assert our opinion as well. And I'm sorry I kind of hijacked this whole thing, but the question came through and I felt it needed to um, uh, kind of well, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I'm glad he's asking questions. One of the questions Larry asked is, uh, uh, are you saying you don't vote for Trump because he panders to your religious beliefs? No, I don't vote for Trump for that reason. Uh, but I'll tell you this, I wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton if uh, somebody paid me a million dollars. I mean, if I had to choose between Trump and, and Hillary Clinton, I think the, the choice is quite obvious about to choose between Trump and uh, Joe Biden. Again, the choice is quite obvious. I mean, who, 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 who are the other options when it comes to the Democratic Party? When you're speaking of Republican Party, my first choice wasn't Trump. I voted for somebody else and uh, Trump runs again. I'll, I probably won't vote for Trump depending on who else is on the ticket. I have my, my, my thoughts on who I would like to see in office. Um, but if Trump is the only option and you put him against a Kamala Harris, a uh, uh, Joe Biden or, or whomever, uh, yeah, Trump is going to get my vote. Not because he's pandering. And I think that that language is a little uh, ridiculous, just to be quite honest with you, since uh, you're making it seem as if we're, we're, we're nitwits uh, who, who are easily pandered to by politicians. Uh, but at the end of the day, we look at the issues. We look at how it affects our country. We love our God. We love our country. We love our family. Uh, we appreciate the freedoms we have here in the States. We like to keep it that way. And, uh, you know, and so as long as that people continue to go on the ballot who would support those things, I'm going to continue to support them. That's what I got to say about that. I don't know who the Mar Marjorie is and, and the, yeah, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not involved in, in those things, but, uh, she's a, she's a Christian nationalist self-professed, but pro-life, but you know, she's a little militant you know. in her, in her presentation. And again, I, sometimes you're going to send militant people in the faith up to Washington because you got equally socialist militants going to Washington. So, but at, at the end of the day, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there, Larry. Maybe we can interact sometime off, you know, offline and, and I can give you more information about that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what we're saying is, you know, we want God. We have a biblical worldview and, and our faith in the public domain is going to come out. I don't ask my boss who I work with in a secular world, you know, what his conduct is like. He has to he has to meet up with his judge and maker uh, and give an account. I can care less what Donald Trump as a secular position. Remember, president is the CEO of the country. It's a secular position. It's not a past. It's not anything. So if Donald Trump had some really bad indiscretions in the past, he says that he's asked for forgiveness for them. Uh, I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not voting for a pastor. Is what I'm saying. I'm voting for someone to steer the country closest to my biblical values, and that's how I see it. And you perhaps are gonna vote for someone who steers to your values. Amen. And I think that's great. Vote your values. I'm gonna vote mine. Let the best per, You know, let the majority of 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 where our values um, lie win. The only thing is, don't silence me. I won't silence you. Don't silence me. That's all the, the point I think that Christian nationalists are making. All right. So we're going to close up broadcast today with prayer. Um, and, and again, just that invitation to know Christ. And Larry, I hope you know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, 
ask him to reveal himself to you and 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 everything you've heard today about the law of god we are born sinners and we are in need of salvation jesus loves you he died for you he desires to give you his salvation free grace he's going to give it to you he'll take your sin he'll give you his righteousness and you all you need to do is turn from your sin and live for him all the days of your life amen let's pray lord amen. we just thank you today lord we pray that your will be done we pray lord that the church is awakened and when we talk about revival lord we pray that the revival of the gospel takes place because that's where your power is lord we 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 love the signs we love your presence we love all of those things but the primary goal lord is to see people run back to you love you serve you all the days of their life lord we pray for our homes we pray for for our jobs we pray for this country we pray for those in leadership including joe biden we pray lord that he turns from his sin that he seeks you lord that he repents and he may find life in you lord we thank you for everything you do in jesus name we pray jesus name amen, amen. all right guys amen. thank you hey. so much for your Grace participation we will be back next week with another um you know examination of a topic and um and then and then hopefully if you like to participate feel free to comment where you see this broadcast and maybe we'll field some of your questions until then god bless you see you next time see you guys